Blog Talk Radio. Thursday night, lots and lots to get to on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. But first things first, and uh, I've been watching this all day on the Weather Channel and on various media outlets, uh, CNN, Fox News. Uh, prayers from all of us here at Post Time with Mike and Mike to uh, all the people down on the east coast of Florida uh, as they are bracing for what probably is going to be a very, very extreme situation. Hurricane Matthew, uh, right now, I guess, uh, the Outer Bends. Just had a chance to talk with a starter of uh, Pompano Park, Adam Brownlee, and he is right down there uh, in the – or is going to be in the middle of that storm, and he is hunkered down, and he was telling me uh, just about uh, 45 minutes ago that the rain has started to fall, about 40, 50-mile-per-hour winds. Obviously, it's uh, it has the potential to be a very scary situation. So hopefully Hurricane Matthew will have some uh, some other ideas and maybe uh, turn the other way and uh, spare the good people of Florida. Uh, certainly some devastation. So if you're listening to us down in Florida, uh, well, hopefully you're not listening to us down in Florida. Hopefully you're somewhere else. Hopefully you heated the evacuation efforts. And for those of you that didn't, uh, hunker down. It's going to be uh, probably a long 24 to 48 hours. So uh, our prayers to everybody down there in the state of Florida. Stay safe. As a matter of fact, we're going to have Pompano Park track announcer Gabe Pruitt on about 720. He's going to talk to us a little bit about the hurricane and some of the preparations that Pompano Park uh, is uh, making for that. Uh, Plus, uh, we've got a lot, a lot on this show of Post Time with Mike and Mike, another busy edition. Trainer Paul Kelly is in the on-deck circle. He is actually joining us from the Lexington Select Sale as a lot of the horsemen are down there. 
and uh, he's going to talk about Abrogado getting the invitation to the Yonkers Trot coming up next Saturday. So Paul's going to join us right on the other side of this timeout. Plus, we're going to have driver Mike Simons at the bottom of the hour. He's going to talk to us about his career, and it's our ongoing series about the VIP stables. Tom James will be joining us, and he is live from the Lexington Select Stale. A lot of fireworks down at the sale, uh, so we're going to talk about that coming up on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. It's Paul Kelly when we come back. It's Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by our good friends at Bet America. Hello, this is Kayla Stra, and I'm here to tell you all about BetAmerica.com. It is the fastest-growing legal, safe, and secure website to place all your bets on horse racing. BetAmerica covers over 200 racetracks from North America, the UK, and my home country, Australia. New players to BetAmerica receive a 100% bonus on your first deposit up to $300. That's the best sign-up bonus available today. It's time to play the BetAmerica way. Ever dream of owning your own racehorse? How would you like to get in the winner's circle? With the number one harness racing partnership in the U.S., VIP State. There's nothing like the thrill of your horse coming down the stretch. To find out more, call VIP Stable at 877-VIP-WIN-1 or visit us on the web at www.vipstable.com. Turning horse racing fans into racehorse owners. Be a winner. Carter bumper music selection. Mike Bozich flying solo on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Right now we're joined by trainer Paul <laughs> Kelly. Paul, you are down in beautiful Lexington, Kentucky, as a lot of the horsemen are. And boy, we've seen some fireworks down there in the first first few days, haven't we? We really have. Uh, it's been a really strong sale the first two nights, uh, obviously driven by sires um, like uh, Muscle Hill and uh, uh, some beach somewhere on the, on the pacing side, uh, and Cantab Hall as well. He's done he's done very well. Uh, uh, credit winner has also done well. But um, you know it's a good uh, it's a good signal for uh, for the industry um, that uh, there's a lot of enthusiasm and uh, people people are anting up and trying to trying to find uh, you know maybe the next uh, Southland Frank or the next superstar. So. Uh, it's uh, you know it's been a hot two days and it's 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 really good. Yeah, it started off very well with hip number one. The uh, some beach somewhere put on a show Philly <laughs> going for uh, yeah. five hundred and fifty thousand dollars. You know, Paul, I was in the bidding, but I ended up about five hundred forty nine thousand short. You know, I never even got out of the starting blocks on that one. That one just <laughs> took right off, and uh, I was just a spectator. <laughs> you know, Paul, when when horsemen go down there in, you know. And obviously, they look at all these horses, and you've got such talent down there uh, each and every year. What are some of the things uh, that you personally look for uh, when you're uh, trying to buy a horse from one of these yearling sales? You know, I I, I don't think that I'm any different than than most guys. Uh, you know, we we're all kind of looking for that uh, that horse that just has that certain athletic look to it. Um, most of those horses. Uh, you know, have like a real sharp head and a sharp eye to them, and then they've got uh, the presence, uh, the body, and the balance uh, to kind of match, uh, you know, what's on their pedigree page. And you know, I, 
I think there's a whole lot of us that are pretty much zeroing in on some of the same horses. It's like uh, if you were to follow uh, some of the professional scouts around, you know, be it the NHL or the NFL, um, you know, these guys, you know, they recognize the talent on the ice or on the field, and they're all kind of watching, you know, the same players for the most part. But, you know, it's it's also trying to find those secondary and, and uh, maybe uh, third-level uh, uh, horses that can still still be very very good performers in side uh, stakes and grand circuit action that you can buy at a at a reasonable level without having to go six figures. Well, certainly it's kind of like the NFL and the NBA draft. I mean, they always say the drafts are won with players uh, in playoff play, uh, playoff games are won by players that are get, gotten in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth round. And I would assume that would be the same with horses. But Paul, moving right along. Uh, you got some good news a couple of days ago. Your superstar trotter, Abrogato, uh, invited to the Yonkers trot. First of all, uh, give me your feelings uh, on, on what you uh, what you were feeling when you got the invitation. Well, you know, uh, I, I was really relieved and uh, obviously very excited. Um, I was I was disappointed that he didn't get uh, picked uh, on the first go round. Um, but I do realize that, you know, that they try to make it an international race to try to get as many horses from as many different countries as they can. And, um, you know, uh, to have three horses like, uh, you know, Obrigado, Hanover, Hanover, and Resolve uh, from this country all in the mix where, um, you know, they really probably only wanted to take two. Uh, you know, I knew it was a tough decision for the Yonkers race office, Um but at the same time, you know, I thought my horse, uh, you know, just would, based on the body of work that he's done this year, I thought, you know, I thought I'd get in on the first call. But, you know, I may have come in through the back door, but I'm okay with that. Uh, my horse is he's really good right now. Uh, he's going to come into that race, I believe, in excellent shape. And uh, I think if, uh, you know, things work out trip-wise and whatnot, I think he's very, very capable of winning that race. Oh, certainly. I mean, he's won two of his last three, just looked outstanding in the Dayton Derby. Uh, what were your thoughts of that race, Paul, and uh, how did Abrogado come out? Obviously, from the sounds, he, become, he came out very, very good. He came out super. He's, he's doing really well. Um, he's going to actually race uh, Sunday right here in Lexington in the Alarage, and, uh, and then I'll, we'll box stall him up to uh, New York, uh, up to Saratoga. That's our home base uh, probably Monday morning. Uh, so he'll be back up there by Monday night. Uh, but as far as the uh, the Dayton race goes, I couldn't have been happier. Uh, he's only had really one race in about six weeks going into that, and he'd been a little sick with a virus in between. So, you know, there's always that concern. We, we felt that he was ready, but there's always that concern, you know, for a trainer anyway, in the back of your mind that, you know, maybe he's not quite there yet. But I've I, I got to give props to uh, Mark McDonald. He was very, very confident as he's been all year with the horse. And, uh, you know, he just kind of gave me a wink when we went on the track. He said, don't worry, because he's the best. And Mark, Mark just gave him a fantastic trip. Same, you know, used him a little bit leaving, but gave him a hell of a trip after that. And, uh, you know, when the horse uh, got his chance to, to kind of get out uh, off of uh, Matt Kaylee's back off the last turn, he just exploded. So it was uh, it was a really good feeling to see him bounce back like that. 
You know, a lot of these big horses, Paul, uh, especially the ones that come from the big stables, uh, even the superstars, a lot of times they see different drivers. Uh, but Abergato has been able to, and you've been able to maintain Mark McDonald as a steady driver uh, throughout the successes of Abergato. How important do you think that is uh, when it comes down to a horse in a, in, in a trotter like this? I think it's I think it's really important because for me, I, you know, I like continuity and I also like the fact that I want someone that knows that they that they've got that drive week in and week out and they're going to take care of that horse week in and week out and they're not going to overextend him. Uh, you know, there's a bunch of great catch drivers out there and I'm not trying to knock any of those guys, but if I have to jump from one driver to the next over the course of uh, every two or three or four starts. You know, they're all going to drive them a little different. Some are going to drive them a little harder than others. And, you know, I'm looking at uh, this horse for the long term. I, I want to make as much money as I can, you know, obviously uh, each year. Uh, and I want to win every race that I'm capable of winning. But I want this horse to also to endure and be able to come back and race a full season next year and maybe the year after that. And, uh, you know, by having a guy like Martin McDonald, who's a uh, world-class driver, in my opinion, uh, to get to get you know him each week and you know and have his commitment, it's just uh, it just completes the whole team effort uh, to uh, you know to to having a very successful uh, you know season and a very successful career. Visiting with Paul Kelly, trainer of Abrogado. Paul, we know you're busy. We know you're down at the Lexington sale. I just got the, a couple more questions before I let you go. Sure. Uh, looking ahead to the international trot coming up. And by the way, a cheap plug, we're going to be there broadcasting uh, the event. So, uh, Paul, after uh, after cool. Abrogado's in the winner's circle, you're going to have to make sure you stop by and see us so we can get the interview. Uh, if, if he's um, in the winner's circle, I hope you guys come out for the picture. <laughs> <laughs> we certainly will. Now, listen, you've got horses obviously coming from all over the place. I mean, you've got Sugar Light from Norway, Explosive V from Sweden, Jonesy from Finland, Oasis B from Italy, uh, another horse from Sweden, a uh, horse from Denmark. Uh, you've got uh, Flanagan Men- Memory coming from Canada. So uh, uh, 10 horses in all. Um, and I know what the answer to this is going to be, but as my grandfather told me, there's really no stupid questions. In your opinion, what is the uh, key to victory for Abogado? Well, you know something. I just think having a clean trip is going to be the uh, is going to be the key. If he has to ride on the outside, um, that's going to be fine. The horse he doesn't get tired. He likes the distance, okay, and he's and he's good with the uh, the turns and yonkers. So going around uh, five turns. Isn't going to be any more of a problem for for him as it would be if he had to go around three or four turns. So uh, that being said, you know I just uh, you know I I think the, the it's going to be a European style race. It was last year. Uh, you know with that many European drivers in the race, I think they're going to kind of dictate how the race is going to be uh, uh, run. And um, you know unless you know unless one of our guys gets to the front and tries to just roll down the road. I don't see that happening, but uh, I just think that it's going to be kind of a European-style race where they're probably going to go double-tier for the most part. Maybe they, You might even see them going three-tier down the backside, you know, once they've got about, uh, you know, a half a mile to go. Uh, but, um, you know, I just think as, as long as my horse gets a, gets a clean trip and doesn't have to go, you know, too far to the outside to circle horses, um, I think he's going to have a hell of a shot. Yonkers has a has a really nice uh, long stretch for a for a half mile track, and 
my horse is uh, he knows that track really well. He's well versed on that track and he's uh, he's won a couple of open trucks there coming from dead last at the head of the stretch. So I just think he just has to be somewhere where he's got a clean shot and you know, I think he'll he'll put on a he'll put on a good show. Yeah, that's one of the things about this race, and one of the things, in my opinion, that makes a race like this so exciting is that you're going to have an outer flow the entire race. Does that, in your now, now let me ask you this: Does that, in your opinion, make post position or the post position draw just a little less relevant than it normally would? I think I think to some degree. Uh, you know, I had the seven hole in the. Uh, I got invited to the uh, preview international a couple of years ago, and we drew the seven. And Jason uh, Bartlett drove that night, and he did a great job. And Jason was kind of kicking himself. Oh, I should have left. I should have left. After this was after the race, but you know the fact that there was a lot of speed inside, and you know it, it, it was what it was. So I would say like having seven or eight. Uh, I don't know if that's. Uh, you know, uh, I think that's still going to be a disadvantage. Uh, I'm not so sure about the trailing spots. I think, I think for me, if uh, if I could draw somewhere around uh, two to two through five, uh, I think I could be pretty pretty happy with that. But again, you know, it's one of those races. I just think it's going to be so hard to predict how it's going to play out. And you know, the one thing that we can be assured of, as you said. They will clearly be going uh, double tiered, you know, the whole way. Though you won't see any Indian file racing at any point during that race. Certainly not, Paul. We certainly appreciate you joining us. And uh, listen, why don't you go find the next Abrogado with the the sale down there? And by the way, have you, have you seen anything that you, that you liked or uh, or anything like that that's uh, somewhat of an affordable well, price? Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I I bought a couple already, a couple of New York friends. That's pretty much what I concentrate on. But, uh, you know, the sales been really good. There's a lot of nice horse flesh floating around down here. And uh, we've got tonight and uh, tomorrow night to go. Uh, so um, there's, 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 a lot of, there's a lot of nice horses yet to be sold. So hopefully, hopefully it's kind of like fishing. You just got to keep casting and you hope to catch the right one. All right. Well, Paul, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Best of luck with Operagato's horse coming, uh, race coming up uh, here in just a couple of short days. And best of luck to you in the international route. We'll see you there, my friend. Thank, thanks, Mike. I appreciate it very much. Thank you. All right. All right. That was Paul Kelly, trainer of Abrogado. Some of the stats of Abrogado, 40 wins of 76 lifetime starts. This horse has made $1.3 million. His last five starts has made over $243,000. Coming off the win against the Centurion ATM and Wind of the North at the Dayton Derby and three starts back in the Crawford Farms trot. At Vernon, going for 193,000, was able to defeat Resolve and uh, Flanagan Memory, both of which will be in the international trot. Very interesting take about the post position draw, in my opinion, for the international trot. And that's one of the things I think that could be the great equalizer is the European style of racing that is infused into a race like this, because you're going to see an active outer flow throughout the race. So that is going to make things very interesting. And I believe from the, uh, you know, if Abrogado does get unlucky and does draw the seven or the eight post, I think that can be a great equalizer because uh, like Paul Kelly said, you know, not necessarily afraid to sit on the outside with Abrogado. So we're going to have to see what happens, but we are going to be there live 
uh, next Saturday, Mike Carter and myself at Yonkers Raceway Saturday afternoon. It's going to be a great card headlined by the $1 million international trot. What a great field uh, for that particular race. You've got, uh, obviously, Abergado. Resolve will be there. Hanalore Hanover. Uh, Ron Burke's uh, fantastic. Uh, Philly will be there, and lots of other horses too uh, from uh, across the pond. And I think that's what makes this race so great. You've got Sugarlight from uh, BBS Sugarlight from Norway. Explosive the B uh, the V will be joining us from Sweden. Jonesy from Finland. Oasis B from Kentucky uh, from Italy from Kentucky from Italy. On track Pyrrhon from Sweden, Tano Borg from Denmark. It will be a tremendous ten horse field and Flanagan Memory from Canada, along with the uh American representatives Resolve, the Mayor Hanalore Hanover and Abrogado. So it is just going to be a fantastic day of racing, and you're not going to want to miss it. We're going to have it all right here for you on post time with Mike and Mike, a special remote edition. Coming up from Yonkers Raceway next Saturday afternoon, we'll be on the air at 2.45. It'll be a three-hour broadcast, plus wiggle it, jiggle it, and some of the uh, outstanding uh, aged faces will be in action. It's going to be a bang-up card, and you're not going to want to miss it right here at Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. We still have a lot left to come on this edition. We're... Uh, Waiting on Pompano Park track announcer Gabe Pruitt is going to be joining us. I know he was uh, he's still in Lexington, but uh, obviously he is the track announcer at Pompano Park. He's been following the situation uh, developing down there with Hurricane Matthew. Uh, obviously, it is a Category 4 hurricane. At the last time I checked, uh, it was about an hour ago, uh, a Category 4 hurricane, 140 miles per hour right now in sustained winds. And I had a chance to talk to the starter at Pompano Park, Adam Brownlee, right before this broadcast, who is uh, obviously down there. And he said that the outer bands are starting to arrive. Rain is starting to um, pour down, just absolutely uh, pour down at, at a mad rate and uh, 40, 45 miles per hour wind. Now, he is stationed right outside of uh, Pompano uh, Beach, so we'll have to uh, see what happens with Hurricane Matthew. So we'll get uh, the latest update from tracking out to Gay Pruitt, plus uh, Pompano Park just opened up, and uh, we'll get uh, his opinions about uh, the opening day card, plus what's coming up uh, at Pompano Park. Plus, driver Mike Simons will be joining us at 7.30. We're going to talk to Mike about his driving career, uh, and uh, he... Uh, this is uh, pretty much making his living here in Pennsylvania. Longtime driver at Pocono Downs uh, at Mohegan Sun. Also uh, drives at Harris, Philadelphia quite a bit. We'll talk to Mike about his driving career. He's got over 3,500 driving wins. Also, VIP Internet Stable's very own Tom Janes is going to be joining us around 745. He, too, is live from the Lexington Select sta- uh, sale. He's going to be joining us right around 745, and hopefully – uh, Tom's not bidding on that horse. Now, listen, Tom, if you're listening to this program and if you're in the middle of uh, of bidding on a horse and you think you may have the next uh, Southwind Frank or the next great superstar, we'll uh, give you a couple of minutes. So <laughs> don't feel that you have to. Don't feel that you have to lose the next great superstar on the count of us. But we've got so much left on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. Gabe Pruitt, Mike Simons, Tom Janes, all in the on-deck circle as uh, Post Time with Mike and Mike rolls on, presented by Bet America. 
Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The Stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At The Stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. This is your Maryland Minute. The Maryland Minute is brought to you by Friends of Maryland Standard Breads. The Maryland Horse Council invites equine enthusiasts to an evening at the races at Rosecroft Raceway on Thursday, October 20th. The evening includes dinner with the Maryland Horse Council in the dining room overlooking Rosecroft's 5-8 mile harness racing oval. Attendees will be served appetizers and enjoy the finish line buffet. In addition to exciting live harness racing, guests will hear from a trio of speakers from the horse industry. They include Ted Black, a racing analyst and sports writer who has covered harness racing in the Mid-Atlantic region for over 30 years, Corey Callahan, one of the country's leading drivers and the winner of nearly 5,000 races and $68 million in purses, and Sal Sinatra, president and general manager of the Maryland Jockey Club. Guests will also be treated to paddock tours and have the opportunity to ride in the starting car. The event is sponsored by B&D Builders, The Equiary, Mid-Atlantic Farm Credit, Days End Farms, Agape Pet Services, Marabidco, and the Maryland Thoroughbred Horsemen's Association. Tickets are $35 for members of the Maryland Horse Council and $50 for non-members. For more information, visit www.mdhorsecouncil.org or email admin at mdhorsecouncil.org. We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, right now we're joined by Pompano Park track announcer Gabe Pruitt. And uh, Gabe, obviously, um, you know, we're going to start this segment about Pompano Park, talking about some of the racing action. But obviously, the big story right now, the big elephant in the room, is uh, Hurricane Matthew. Now, I've kind of been following it the best of I can uh, on Weather.com and CNN. And actually, I talked to starter Adam Brownlee about an hour and a half ago. He's 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 doing fine. He's hunkered down, Gabe. He he really doesn't care about this kind of stuff. But but uh, obviously, this is uh, or has the potential to be a dangerous situation for the South Florida area. 
No question about that, uh, Mike. I do have good news to report on that front. Uh, actually, uh, just within the last 20 minutes before coming on, I have spoken with uh, a few different friends in South Florida, all within maybe five miles of the track, and they said uh, things haven't been uh, so bad to this point, and uh, it looks like maybe it's going to break up before it gets uh, too vicious down there. Uh, they did mention that uh, I guess the latest forecasts uh, show that it may go up the coast a bit and actually circle back. So uh, I guess they're not out of the woods yet, but uh, at this point uh, – Maybe not as bad as anticipated. No, and certainly that is fantastic news. And, yeah, I saw the same thing that you did, that it might, you know, get up to uh, Georgia and take that right turn or maybe to the Carolinas and take that right turn and then come back. But uh, hopefully by the time it comes back, it will weaken considerably and just be uh, nothing more than a, a maybe a heavy thunder shower or two. But, but Gabe, uh, Pompano Park uh, was back in action uh, last Sunday with uh, opening day. And uh, give us your thoughts on uh, how opening day went. Well, it was great uh, in terms of handle. We were up slightly on uh, both Sunday and Tuesday. And, uh, of course, that's coming off a record-setting season from a year ago. So that was great to uh, see. Obviously, the field sizes weren't uh, exactly where we'd like to see them, but we're going to get more horses each and every week. In fact, uh, I thought in terms of uh, field size and wagering opportunities, this week's card better than uh, last week's. So we come back with 12 races on Sunday night, and then we have 11 uh, on Tuesday. But, again, some stronger fields and uh, great wagering opportunities. We were pleased uh, from an aspect. Um, some of our signature wagers took uh, quite a bit of action, so that was that's always pleasing to see the uh, pick four, pick five, pick six. Uh, each of those wagers performed well above expectations, and also the Pinefecta in the fourth race in the Super High Five, Jackpot High Five. It's actually um, there were not uh, unique tickets out on either night, so actually the carryover just a couple of nights in, it's already north of five thousand dollars. So uh, that's heading into this Sunday night, uh, and we have a small pick six carryover, a little bit above $500 as well. Gabe Pruitt joining us, uh, track announcer at Pompano Park. Uh, and, and, Gabe, I got to tell you, from talking to uh, Brett Revington uh, quite a bit, you know, he gives you a lot of the credit for a lot of the things, uh, a lot of the successes from Pompano Park from last year. And, and uh, I know you guys – uh, really did a, a couple of different things. I mean, you uh, you know, the pick fours, the pick fives, you've adjusted the takeout, you've adjusted the minimum wager. Uh, you really focused a lot on post times and trying to stay away from other racetracks. Um, what do you attribute? You attribute a lot of that to the success of what I just mentioned as far as uh, what Pompano Park was able to achieve last year? Well, I think it's a little bit of everything. I think uh, Brett deserves uh, the majority of the credit there. He may have not wanted to take it, but uh, he's done an outstanding uh, job. And really, uh, you know, it's a situation where, you know, especially uh, from where I'm coming from and, and um, you know, Brett as well, we both have a wagering uh, – we both have a, but we know the front side of a betting window uh, before in the racing industry. And, you know, we've always had some thoughts and things we'd like to try. And um, last year we really just um, let it fly. You know, we tried a lot of different things and the year before as well. Uh, some things worked out remarkably well. And, and those are the type of things we talk about. The big four, of the 12% takeout um, has been a, really a sticking point you know when i first got to south florida we couldn't get two thousand dollars at a big four pool and now in the peak season i mean we're doing twenty thousand dollars every single night so um that has been uh, a smashing success you know some things didn't quite frankly work out that well mike um you know but uh when we try something and it doesn't work out you know we gave it a shot and uh you know we're circle back and um stick to what we know and and of course scheduling is huge uh, you said it and with uh, mike carter course up at northfield some when uh 
They're racing. We're going head to head against them. Chris Schick is oh, no, 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 with no, the no, 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 no. Don't give him no, Gabe. Don't give him any credit. Well, Mike's uh, <laughs> Mike is very honest about intentions, uh, so I actually have to give him credit. Uh, give give him credit there. And we do our best to stay off one another. You know how it is out there, though. I mean, it's impossible. A lot of this, you know spots and different nights are impossible. And for instance, Tuesday night when we raced. You know, uh, Mohawk was going Yonkers, Northfield, a uh, host of other tracks uh, on Tuesday evening. So it's tough to um, completely get yourself in, in a great spot all the time. But that's key. You know, obviously, uh, the better spot you can be in and the more exposure you can get, um, that's that's where you're going to get uh, – you're going to maximize uh, from the wagering front. Well, certainly. And, uh, you know, Mike Carter's night's off. Uh, his, he's got a night off tonight, so I think I could uh, I could kind of get a couple of digs on him before he gets back <laughs> in the next week. But, but uh, Gabe, well, what's coming up? For... I, could have been, I, could have, I could have done a couple more digs in, too, if, if I realized he wasn't here. <laughs> <laughs> Visiting uh, with Gabe Pruitt. Uh, Gabe, just a couple more questions before we let you go. Uh, what can we look forward to uh, here in 2016 in the next couple of weeks at Pompano? I know the field sizes are going to start to get better as the cold weather kind of settles in uh, out east, then that is certainly going to uh, be a big help. But what could we look forward to, uh, especially in the wagering aspect of things, the wagering menu in uh, 2016 at Pompano? Well, I think um, field signs are obviously going to get uh, a lot better. We're going to see some new faces in town as well. I believe uh, Mike Simons, uh, a couple of other guys, uh, hopefully they're going to make their way down eventually. And, and obviously in terms of the racing schedule, that's going to pick up as well. We're only a Sunday and Tuesday nights currently. We have Mondays beginning in November, and then we'll quickly proceed to a five-night-per-week schedule. So the good thing you get with Pompano, you get a regular racing circuit, five nights a week, good racing, and good pools, Mike. You know, you can wager in. You can follow the track on a regular basis. You know, uh, we handle good money every single night, uh, and you can get familiar with the horses, the drivers, and, uh, you know, we don't get a lot of ship-ins, obviously, when once the meet starts. So you really get a good feel for the horse population, and if you follow, I tell a lot of people this, if you follow the races night in, night out, or if you miss a night or two here and there and you follow the replays, you really get a great feel for the class of horses we have. And it's a horse player's dream because, again, we don't have horses. Uh, you know how difficult it can be, of course, being where you're there at uh, Harris Philly. You have horses shipping in and out all the time. It can make for uh, very difficult circumstances a lot of times in terms of handicapping. And you don't know how horses are going to perform on one surface as opposed to the other. We don't have that problem. Once we get rolling in uh, South Florida, we actually, uh, it's a very true to form type uh, circuit. And uh, another thing that um, maybe a bit under the radar type statistic, you know, we have a real distinct advantage from post five in South Florida. It starts directly behind the Hummer and it wins at nearly a 25% clip, which post five I know is a lot of times the most advantageous post in many tracks, but rarely ever does it win at a high of a uh, strike rate as it does at uh, Pompano Park. So that's one thing to keep in mind on your on your wagering front as well. Post five, anytime, you know, we talk about first-time Lasix, first-time maybe a top driver's on. Uh, <laughs> one of your angles in South Florida is first-time post five because, believe me, especially if a horse does have some early speed, can really wing off that gate, and we are speed-favoring track. You know, if it can s- secure good early position, it means a whole lot in the whole scheme of things. So that's just another thing to keep in mind as you're watching the uh, circuit. In terms of wagering, again, we have all the the complete menu of uh, wagers. We offer typically every single night. We're going to have a carryover, too, whether it's the pick four, the pick five, the pick six. Again, the Petafacta that's in the fourth race, which is just a 20-cent high five, essentially, uh, that we do carry over if no one has it. And then the jackpot high five in the last race, 
And a lot of times they'll beat up the jackpot I-5, Mike. Uh, I know you've probably seen a lot of talk about that. Pompano, we offer probably what I would uh, argue is, is maybe one of the first or second most successful jackpot wagers in harness racing. You know, of course, uh, Canada's done very well with it at uh, Woodbine and Mohawk. But the good thing that really makes Pompano stand out, we don't handle the type of money in that pool where it's impossible to have the only unique ticket. You know, each night and night out, even when the carryover gets up to six figures, you know, we're handling anywhere from uh, ten to 15000 in that pool. And, again, if you get something uh, tricky across, you know, we saw the jackpot pay out uh, probably seven, eight times during the meet last season, which that's uh, a phenomenally high rate if you pay attention to some of the larger tracks. It rarely ever pays out because the pool size is so high, there are always multiple tickets out. Gabe, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Love talking to you because, uh, you know, listen, you take the wagering side of it very, very seriously, and you, you have it down to a science, and, and I think that's one of the big reasons why Pompano Park is doing so well. We're going to hear from you week in and week out, Gabe, and once we get into the five-day-a-week and the four-day-a-week schedule, we're going to talk. Uh, we're going to break down some of these races a little bit, and hear some of your handicapping expertise. Gabe, real quick, before we let you go, where can we follow you on Twitter? I know uh, – you know, during the season, when the season eats up, that you uh, like to post out some of your picks and uh, some carryover information. Where could we follow you on Twitter? Twitter handle is, uh, I believe, uh, Gabe underscore and my last name, Pruitt. So Gabe underscore Pruitt. And, yeah, if anybody's following the races, reach out. Uh, my Twitter is a great uh, medium. I know you enjoy it as well. But uh, if anyone takes the time to reach out, so whether it's uh, to bash me for my poor handicapping or uh, anything else for that matter, we always uh, we always take the time to respond. So if you're out there following the races at Pompano, be sure and reach out with a tweet. Gabe, we certainly appreciate you joining us. We'll talk to you next week, my friend. All right. Thanks, Mike. All right, that was Gabe Pruitt, the track announcer at Pompano Park, and and uh, we're going to have a weekly segment. It's going to be an ongoing series about the uh, Pompano Park and the going-ons down there, and uh, like I say, and good news from Gabe Pruitt about uh, Hurricane Matthew, and hopefully it does take a right turn and, and spare the fine folks of Florida, but uh, we're not even going to take the break. We're going to bring driver Mike Simons in. Uh, driver, I don't know if you had, uh, Mike Simons, I don't know if you had a chance to hear what Gabe Pruitt just said, but uh, maybe some breaking news. It sounds like you're heading down to Florida for the winter. Yes, yes, I am. Uh, truthfully, I can't wait. Uh, the leaves are turning here. Probably been 25 <laughs> years since I've been down there, but, uh, I'm going to come down there with my son, and uh, we're going to take seven or eight horses down there, and we're going to try to make a go of it and uh, uh, spend some quality time with each other and uh, stay warm. Well, listen, I don't think there's a better place to be in the wintertime. You get down there to South Florida. And, uh, you know, the good thing, Mike, about uh, South Florida during the winter is that you can actually – Facebook and tweet all the pictures of you with a short sleeve shirt and shorts on and while everybody's up here basically freezing to death. Yeah, that will be a good thing. I, I do uh I send my Colts with John Boot and Shane uh in uh, northern Florida. Get to go down there. I try to get down there once a month through the winter and uh I do keep the cell phone handy and quite active taking pictures and sending them to my friends up north. But, no, uh, yeah, I can't. I, listen, I can't wait for them pictures when it's five degrees down here. When it's five degrees up here, and uh, we're freezing our butts off, and uh, up in the Poconos, and here at Philly, and you're down there in Florida. Yeah, I can't wait for those pictures, my friend. You'll be off my Facebook list immediately. 
<laughs> yeah, it's, it's always what? something to look forward to coming down there, but I'll do it full time this winter anyway and try to make a go of it. Mike, I know we've had you on hold for a minute, but let me put you on hold once again because we do have a timeout to take, and uh, we're going to get into your driving career when we come back. So I can, can I get you to hold on just for a second? No problems. All right, that's Mike Simons. He's going to come back on the flip side of the break. And, uh, oh, boy, yeah, he's uh, headed down to Florida for the winter. That's uh, certainly a good thing. We'll be uh, freezing our butt off, and Mike Simons will be racking up some wins down at Florida. When we uh, come back, we're going to have Mike Simons. Plus, we've got Tom Janes uh, from the VIP Stables. He's down in in, uh, in Lexington, Kentucky, at the Lexington Select Sale. And uh, he's going to give us uh, some input on VIP Stables. Plus, he's going to fill us in on some of the happenings down at the Lexington Select Sale. We've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Go away. Hey, I'm Chantel Sutherland-Cruz and want to tell you all about BetAmerica.com. It's the coolest place to bet on horse racing on over 200 racetracks from America and around the world. New players receive a 100% bonus on your first deposit, up to $300. That's the best sign-up bonus available today. It's time to play the Bet America way. Ever dream of owning your own racehorse? How would you like to get in the winner's circle with the number one harness racing partnership in the U.S., VIP State? There's nothing like the thrill of your horse coming down the stretch. To find out more, call VIP Stable at 877-VIP-WIN-1 or visit us on the web at www.vipstable.com. Turning horse racing fans into racehorse owners. Be a winner. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand-in-hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board, working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook. We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Simons is back on the other side of this break. Well, uh, Mike, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Glad we had a chance to sit down. Uh, we're going to have a chance to sit down and talk with you. Uh, tell us a little bit about your driving career and, and your career in harness racing in general. How did you get started? Well, I get started. I, I grew up in Lexington, Kentucky, and uh, one thing led to another, and uh, – I ended up at the Red Mile and uh, working for Mike Zeller right off the bat. And uh, as far as the driving career comes, well, I, I never really aspired to be a, a harness driver. I kind of wanted to be a trainer. Uh, but another fellow there, Maurice Westfall, he nominated me to be in a junior driver tournament. And uh, I think I won my first race, and one thing led to another, and now here I sit. So. It's yeah, not been obviously, a long thing, but it's been enjoyable. Yeah, it certainly has, and uh, you've got over uh, 3,600 driving wins. 
Um, and, you know, obviously you, you do a great job out there driving. Actually, let's get the stats straight here. I've got the stats pulled up. Yeah, 3,641 first. So uh, you're closing in not only on 4,000 driving wins, Mike, but uh, and I don't know if you know you knew this, but you've got $29,544,000 uh, money won. So you're rapidly approaching that uh, $30 million plateau. Mike, when you first started driving harness horses, did you think that, uh, you know, when you first started driving, did, did you think to yourself, hey, you know, I could make a go at this, I could make a career at this and do quite well? <laughs> Actually, no. Uh, when I first started, uh, you know, it was a more, you know, if you trained your horses, you drove your own horses. And it was more, uh, the catch driver was, uh, just an up and coming thing. And, uh, you know, you, you look at the stats now and you, you think, Oh, wow, that that's really something. But, uh, all in all, it, it has been, uh, it has been fun. Anybody on the outside of the fence asked me about it. I always tell them, well, you know, being in harness racing, it sure beats working. Uh, it has been fun. You know, that's what I tell them too, Mike. When they when they ask me, uh, you know, about announcing, I say, listen, I, it could be worse. I could actually work for a living, but uh, I think we all enjoy uh, doing what we do out there, and, and that's one of the great things about this sport. Mike, tell us about some of the, in your opinion, some of the nicer horses uh, that you've driven in your career, in your opinion. Oh, there's been, been a lot of good ones. Uh, the great ones, probably could name one. On on one hand, but uh, I, I I basically every night I enjoy what I do, you know. And the, and the trotters, I guess, have a special place in my part in my heart. It's uh, it's a little more of a challenge to drive a trotter, but the chance to drive a good trotter, it's really special. Uh, it's just something the words can't describe. Uh, matter of fact, I saw on the on the uh, simulcast today. I saw Timmy Tietrich win with a chapter seven two-year-old colton 51 and three today and that was just uh that was just amazing had to be a lot of fun for him yeah certainly was a world record for uh two-year-old trotters an unbelievable effort down to lexington and mike you drive against these guys uh a lot and you know you see and obviously your home base is is uh, 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 Pocono, and you drive here at Harris, uh, Philadelphia quite a bit, but Pocono pretty much is the place where you do a lot of your driving, and you see a lot of different drivers, especially since the advent of expanded gaming here at Pocono. Uh, tell us a little bit, and, and you've been a guy that's been around here for, for quite a while. Tell us a little bit about uh, what it was pre-gaming, pre-expanded gaming versus what we have now with with slot machines? Oh, it's a totally different world now. Uh, I think when I first came to Poconos, uh, as far as condition sheet went, they had uh, $2,500 claiming pacers, Pennsylvania owned or sired, and uh, they went for $1,200. But because they were Pennsylvania owned and sired, they're doing an, an additional uh, $600 first. So we went for $1,320. Wow. 
Yeah, and now you see that some of the money that it's going for, it's it's uh, it's quite amazing what the Pennsylvania harness racing has become. And like I was saying, you see all these great drivers. You see the Tim Tetricks, the Yannick Gingras uh, of the world. You see all these great guys uh, that are driving and, and driving against them on a pretty consistent basis. Mike, uh, one question before we let you go. Obviously, you're closing in on the $30 million mark, uh, and you've got 3,600 career wins. Uh, what would be the the dream accomplishment for uh, Mike Simons. No, oh, Mike, are you back? I think we try. I think we lost yeah. you for a second. Mike, you back? Yeah, we got caught up. <laughs> I'm on my cell phone. I'm sorry. Hey, that's all right. This is the modern technology of cell phones. Uh, the, I think the more modern technology goes forward, I think the, the more we go backward. Mike, one question. <laughs> one question before we let you go, Mike, is that uh, going forward? You know, you've got 30, you've got over, uh, you're approaching 4,000 wins. You're approaching $30 million uh, money won. What is maybe the dream accomplishment for driver Mike Simons? Uh, my dream accomplishment, I, I would love to be able to compete in one of the upper, upper class grand circuit races. I don't want to name any names, but I'd love to compete in it and, and quite possibly win it. Uh, you know, I love being on the big stage. Uh, the, the caliber horse I have doesn't always doesn't always work that way. But like I said, every every night that I go to the races, I I know I'm ahead of the game. But yeah, I, my dream accomplishment would be to to win a major stakes race. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Mike, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. Best of luck out at the races at uh, Pocono and Harris, Philadelphia. And you're going to be heading down uh, to uh, sunny Florida for the winter. And uh, make sure you send plenty uh, plenty of pictures while we're up here in five-degree weather, won't you? Yeah, we'll do. And I'd also like to uh, shout out to Gabe Pruitt. I've heard that he's done lots of good things for uh, Pompano Park Racing, and uh, I'm sure he'll continue to do that. Uh, oh yeah, Gabe. Oh yeah, Gabe's a great guy. He's a, he, I'll tell you what, he's a great announcer, and uh, he's uh, you know he takes the wagering part of it seriously, and and they've done great things down there. You're going to have a blast, Mike. We certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right, that was uh, Mike Simons, uh, driver extraordinaire. And uh, right now we're going to uh, it, we've got Tom Jane's on hold, but uh, we're going to bring in. Uh, Another special guest of the program, Mike Carter. Mike, welcome in. <laughs> Thanks a lot, buddy. <laughs> well, listen, we've got a. As a matter of fact, we're gonna we're gonna forego the timeout because uh, Tom James has been waiting patiently on hold, and I know he's down at the uh, Lexington Select Sale, uh, and a uh, lot of fireworks going out at the Lexington Select Sale. Tom, welcome to the show, my friend from VIP from VIP Stables. Pleasure to be here, Mike. Yes, uh, Tom Monopoly money. Hello. Boy, I'm telling you, that's right. You mentioned it great. We need some Monopoly money down there. Like I say, uh, the first horse went for over half a million dollars, and uh, I end up uh, quite a bit short. Uh, First of all, before we get into VIP, Tom, what what is your take so far in uh, the Lexington Select uh, sale down down by the Red Mile? Well, you know, the... um, Prices are crazy so far for the first couple of days, but so you got to you got to be very very specific as far as what you want. I mean, I think day one it's pretty difficult to get some to get anything unless you really wanted to overpay for it. And uh, you know, obviously some folks were willing to do that. We were lucky; uh, we were able to pick up one at a reasonable price yesterday. 
But uh, overall, I think you're going to see things settle down a little bit today with uh, with the prices. Yeah, and uh, you know, obviously, you guys got a really good yearling bonus at the VIP stables. Uh, who does VIP use? Uh, let's talk about some of the trainers uh, a little bit, Tom, if we could. Who does VIP use as primary trainers for yearlings, and uh, why do you guys do so? Yeah, for our yearlings, we we basically go with about five guys. Uh, let's say out in Ohio and Indiana, we'd use Bobby Brower and Brian Brown. And then come over to the East Coast, and uh, we use Tom Fanning, Mark Carter, and probably our primary trainer in the on the East Coast would be, uh, as Mike Simon mentioned to before, uh, you know, mentioned John Bo- John Boonchain's name. Uh, John's had a great year for us this year, and actually picked up another win today at the uh, at the Red Mile, and uh, uh, so we're we're having a having a pretty good year with him uh, as well with one of our two year olds, give a guess and go. So these guys yeah, are all. They're all proven trainers as far as uh, young horses are concerned. They've all had some success um, with stake horses, and, and they're all just honest, good trainers, and, and that's what we try to deal with. Their setups are good. They're, they're very organized. Um, you know, I'll often go down to a Southern Oaks Training Center where John Bootenchain trains during the, uh, during the winter. I actually uh, gave Mike Simon the ride from the airport there last year, and we actually stayed at John's house and, as Mike trained some uh, horses down there. And it's such a great setup. It's very conducive to training a, a young horse. And, and that's where you really want to be. You want to give your horse every opportunity to uh, to be successful two- and three-year-olds. And uh, we believe that these five guys do that for us. Yeah, what a great uh, Toronto Gibbet Gas and Go. He's had a chance to uh, call him in, uh, last week in the Liberty Bell at Harris, Philadelphia, call his race. And I have to tell you, Tom, and I told Ed this last week, uh, the conditions for that particular race were less than desirable you had a very strong headwind in the backstretch uh gusting probably close to 30 35 miles per hour and uh give it gas and go uh was able to uh, i believe he finished that race two or three fifths of a second off his lifetime achievement uh and for those conditions that is very impressive you guys certainly have to be proud of the source yeah we're really excited about him um He'll be going out to the Keystone Classic, and then uh, we're going to give a shout-out to Breeders' Elimination. Uh, John has so many of them this year. We didn't bring him down to Kentucky because he had three other trotting colts that I think are all going to be going, going to the uh, Breeders' this year. So uh, he's put together quite a stable. Certainly has. Uh, visiting live with Tom James from the uh, VIP stable. Now, Tom, what sire stakes programs do we concentrate on? There's lots of great sire stakes programs out there. Uh, which sire stakes does uh, VIP mostly concentrate on? Well, yeah, you have to, obviously you have to go to where, you know, the, the slot-enhanced purses are out in Ohio and Indiana. We'll get a few out there. We have already have um, six, uh, six Ohio breads so far. And uh, so you have to look out there. We'll get a couple in Indiana. And then, obviously, you have to concentrate on New York and Pennsylvania. And uh, that's what we're doing at this sale here. We'll, and over at Harrisburg, we'll be picking up. Uh, we already have a couple, one New York and one, actually two Pennsylvania now. And uh, we'll pick up a couple more here and then have Harrisburg and probably add, add a few more. Now, you're down there. You're at the Lexington Select Sale looking at all these yearlings uh, going in and out of the ring. What does VIP look for in particular when it comes to purchasing yearlings? Well, I mean, everybody obviously can look at the catalog and go through pedigrees. That, that's kind of uh, white and black. That's kind of easy. And you can look at the videos and try to figure out, you know, who, who looks good. And that's kind of important to do. What we like to do is go out and see the horses uh, in person. Um, we like to go to the farms 
uh, our trainers will go out and try to see the horse in the field, see how they move. You know, they want to see their own video, not the video that the breeder will put together. They want to see, uh, you know, how they how they run. And uh, then you'll come out to the sale, and, you know, you look at them a little closer, look at their conformation. You know, you want to make sure that they're simply an athletic individual. You know, do they look like an athlete? Are they well-defined? Are their ears up? Do they have a good head on them? Do they look alert? Um, you're looking for all the characteristics that, that you would look for in any any athlete, just, you know, certain athleticism. Once you find that in a horse, then you can – Maybe then you go down and obviously you have to look at the pedigree and find out, you know, is there a ton of pedigree there, how much money you're willing to pay for that individual. But you have to make sure that this is one that you want first and um, you're going to pay the proper amount of money for them. Yeah, there's a lot of a uh, lot of background that goes into this. I mean, anybody that's going down there freewheeling with money uh, is 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 probably going to lose. I mean, there's a lot of uh, you know just a lot of different factors that go into purchasing a yearling. Um, and uh, listen, that's what you guys offer. But uh, why are yearlings, in your opinion, a better purchase than older established pacing horses or racing horses or trotting horses? Well, I'm not sure if they're a better purchase. There's certainly a different angle at it. Uh, you know, if you're going to basically, if you want to hit a grand slam homer in this game, you, you basically have to go in the yearling game if you want to try to do it at a reasonable price. Because if you're going to buy an aged racehorse that's already successful, you're going to pay, you know, six figures for it, no doubt about it. But if you want to come in and um, try to find a racehorse or a yearling for, you know, the twenty, thirty thousand dollar range, you can easily find one that could be a, a sire stakes champion and can race for that two and three year old money. Uh, so the benefits of going to the yearling game, although obviously there's there's more risk involved with the yearling because you're not exactly sure what they're going to be, uh, there's also that big prize of of racing in the sire stakes programs for good money, racing in various stakes events for good money, and uh, and obviously we all dream of you know finding that Hamiltonian or that Meadowlands Pace or that Breeders uh, type horse and that's why you go in the yearling game. You're trying to find that, that champion. Uh, there's nothing wrong with the overnight horses. Uh, we, we certainly have our share of them that are, that are good horses, and they can actually pay the bills for sometimes for some of these yearlings that you get. And actually, we recommend new folks in the game get in on a racehorse at first and get familiar with the game, find out what it's all about. If that works out for you, once you understand, you know, the risks involved with it and, um, you know, they're enjoying it, maybe then you want to put your toe in the water and, and get a portfolio of a few yearlings and see how that goes, because that's where the real excitement of this game is. And that's why there's so many people here in Lexington. And that's why so much money is being spent the first couple of days because of the thrill of, you know, of having that champion. And you're going to, you know, you're going to have to pay a little bit to get them possibly, but we've been so, so far we've been pretty prudent in, in finding some really good resources at some uh, very reasonable prices as far as yearlings are concerned. And that's the thing, trying to find good value, and and uh, you know that's what uh, you guys have done so well. What is uh, one final question, uh, Tom? Before we let you go, Tom Jane's from VIP Stables. Uh, any purchases so far at uh, the Lexington sale? Well, I'm not sure about the last hour. If somebody raised their hand for us out there, but uh, <laughs> yesterday we picked the, <laughs> which may have happened already, by the way. Uh, yeah. Yesterday we picked up, uh, we picked up. A 182, which is a, um, a Cantab Hall trotter, and um, you know he's out of um, he's a, a, a full. His brother is to. Um, um, I'm sorry, we got a got a little malfunction here. Modern Family, the brother to Modern Family, a state winner, and he's out of a sister. It's Maven. Sorry, I lost a little bit of a connection here. 
And well, that's so, okay. Well, we 70, yeah, we paid seventy thousand for him, and he's uh, uh, he's got all the uh, all the characteristics of the type of yearling that you want. Um, you know, John checked him out. John Boonchain will actually train him, and uh, he graded May plus across the board. So we're really thrilled having him. If you look at his video, he's just a tremendous looking horse. And uh, yeah, Tom. That's what we, yeah, that's Tom what we got Jane. so far. Who knows? Uh, I'll walk over here. We may have had a couple more. <laughs> Tom Jaynes from the uh, VIP Stables. Tom, real quick before we let you go, and I know this is the VIP segment from, on a personal level. Is there anything more exciting than a yearling sale and trying to find that new champion? Oh man, nothing. You know, when you come out to Lexington, you know, I'm actually walking towards the sale grounds again here. Um, you could probably maybe hear the auctioneer in the background. This facility is is just beautiful. I mean, just to see all the horses, to uh, get the opportunity to pull them out, take a look at them on these beautiful grounds. There's absolutely nothing, uh, nothing like it. And then, of course, you can go to the Red Mile and watch some horses race. This is the place to be. Tom, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Go find that next champion, my friend. Uh, will do. Thank you, Mike. All right, that was Tom James from uh, VIP Stables. And, uh, you know, we certainly appreciate Tom joining us. And uh, Mike Carter is uh, going to join us now, a very special guest on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike, are you there? Yeah, we're still here, and uh, actually I've got some breaking news. Uh, listen, I come right in with breaking news. I know, uh, you're good. Well, do you want me to play? Hold on a second. Do you want me to play the bumper? Yeah, sure, why not? All right, hold on. Here we go. All right, we've got breaking news out of the Red Mile here tonight. The Alaraj Farm Mare Race that was scheduled to see the return of DeWan has been canceled. There was only three mares that entered, and the purse of $42,000 was divided up uh, between the three horses that entered. So uh, only three horses entering the Alaraj Farm Mare Race, Mike, and uh, unfortunately we're not going to get to see DeWan on Sunday. All right. Well, Michael, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. I know you had some uh, you had some uh, duties you had to attend to tonight, and uh, we really didn't expect you at all, but uh, you're a good sport. You know, you, you come around, and uh, we, we appreciate you, uh, you know, maybe getting out of your duties a little early. But there is a couple of things, Mike, that I did want to mention. I'm glad you joined us. Uh, we still have to go around the horn. We have some commercials. Uh, we're a little bit backed up on those, so we got to get caught up on those. But uh, I do want to uh, – Talk, talk to you about a couple of things real quick that happened in the sport of harness racing before we get to around the horn. Uh, the great mare, the great pacing mare, Andrew Vedd, uh, has been retired. And what a fantastic career, Mike Carter, that uh, she has had over the, the last couple of years. And maybe uh, we're going to try to work on uh, getting uh, Jeff Bayman uh, on the show next week because Andra Vett had one heck of a career. What a fantastic pacing mare uh, she was, Mike. Yeah, she was fantastic. And I tell you, she really put in a lot of fantastic efforts, especially late in her career. And, um, you know, she just was one, probably one of the best of all time. And, you know, she just, she's got a special place in my heart. I saw her race a couple of times and it, you know, it was always a pleasure to watch her race. Yeah. And, and, uh, 
I don't want to tip anything, but uh, maybe next week uh, on Thursday's show. And you're going to be here, by the way, Mike Carter. We're actually going to do a rare show uh, that we're uh, going to be face-to-face, but uh, maybe we'll put together a little uh, package for Andrew Vett and try to get Jeff Bayman on the show next week. I think that'd be a pretty good thing. What, what are your thoughts? And, and always, we always have our production meetings on this very show, by the way, so, uh, you know, just for everybody. Yeah, that's what we do. We have our production meetings right here. Yeah, no, that sounds great. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to be out to join Mike Positz. Listen, one of these days, Mike, you're going to have to come out to Cleveland, and you're going to have to do the show here. For those of you who don't know, we've only met in person like twice, and both times I've went there. So I, I think it's time you buy me dinner. Yeah, no, no, no. Both times I have bought the dinner, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Little Caesars, $5. Um, be a magician. Uh, is uh, qualified at Harris, Philadelphia uh, last week, Mike, at a time of 155-3 after a uh, a bit of a layoff from a soft tissue injury. But uh, it looks like she is coming back, and, Mike, that is great, great news. Yeah, Be a Magician is probably my favorite trotter, one of my favorite trotters of all time. She just is a fantastic, fantastic mare. And, Mike, I was really glad to see she came back. Did you have a chance to witness that qualifier? No, I did not. Man, you're slacking on me here. Yeah, I understand. But uh, no, anyway, it was a tremendous qualifier, 155 and 3. The fractions were actually soft early on, Mike, but uh, she was able to close in 27 and 3. So uh, we're certainly looking forward to be a magician. And before we get to commercial timeout, what about Walner today? And the International Stallion Sakes, Mike, uh, I was going to ask Abe Pruitt about that, but, uh, you know, it was the Pompano Park segment. I didn't really want to deviate off subject a little bit. Plus, we were talking to some Hurricane Matthew. But uh, how about that for uh, trainer Linda Toscano, driver Tim Tietrich, and uh, owner Ken Jacobs? 151-3 world record broke Southwind Frank's record that he set last year at uh, at Lexington. What a great, great effort by this talented young trotter. You know, not only did they break the record, Mike, they absolutely annihilated it. And I get, get to give a lot of credit to trainer Linda Toscano and driver Tim Tietrich. Linda does a fantastic job with trotters, Mike. And who knows, maybe we can have Linda on next week uh, as well to talk to her about some of her stable. But I got to tell you, she is going to have a fantastic season next year with this horse. Yeah, certainly. Sounds like we've got our uh, show already set for next week, but we are going to have a big week next week, Mike, and and that's why I'm glad you joined us because uh, you're going to be here Thursday. We're going to uh, obviously have a great show trying to get Linda. We're going to try to get Linda Toscano, Jeff Bayman. We've got a couple other guests lined up uh, for next Thursday as well, but then, of course, Saturday, big day, the International Trot. We're going to be live from Yonkers on a live remote. Uh, It's actually going to be the first ever remote that uh, you and I are going to be faced face and uh, what a great race that is uh, setting up to be we talked to Paul Kelly earlier in the program the trainer of Abrogado that is going to uh, be participating in this unbelievable 10 horse field we're going to have a lot of fun come uh, next Saturday afternoon Mike yeah we're going to have a blast and it's going to be the first remote like you said together and I can tell you what I can't wait for that Mike but the big thing is um, you know we're going to have a lot of great prizes to give away um, yes, and I'm super excited about that. We're going to bring some, uh, our, what I call our prize van with us and make sure that we've got some, uh, nice, nice prizes to give away to all of our listeners. And, uh, Mike, we've also got a special, special breeder's crown gift that we're going to give away. And, uh, you know, we were able to get a signed pair 
of Montreal T gloves last week uh, from the Dayton uh, Pacing Derby. And so we will be giving those away at some point at the Breeders' Crown. Holy moly. That sounds exciting. That sounds fantastic. Mike, you were able to get those uh, at Dayton. And, uh, hey, the great Wiggle It Jiggle It. He's going to be in action next Saturday on that international trot card. So we are certainly looking forward to that. It's going to be a great, great day. And we urge each and every one of you to uh, log on to our website, posttimewithmikeandmike.com. Uh, and it's going to be next Saturday at 2.45, uh, and we're going to have a roughly uh, a three-hour broadcast. Uh, we're going to see, uh, you know, I mean, what the, what the time situation is, but we'll be on roughly uh, about the 45 minutes before the international trot. We're going to have a lot of interviews, winner's circle reaction, paddock reactions, not only of the big race, uh, but uh, of the uh, four or five races, eh, maybe more that we're going to uh, actually cover in that span. Well, actually, I hope it's more than four races. If we're on three hours, Mike, it, it would have to be more than four races, wouldn't it? Yeah, we're actually going to cover, uh, it's going to be five races that we're going to get to cover. Um, we've taken a look at the post-time schedule, and it's going to be five races that we get to cover uh, from Yonkers. So uh, both we're going to cover all of the races that are going over to Europe, and then we're also going to include the two $250,000 invitationals. Yeah, what a great uh, – and we'll take a look at all that uh, coming up on Thursday. So we're going to have a show Thursday at 7 p.m., so uh, you're not going to want to miss that. Mike, are you you want to go around the horn with me? Yeah, sure. Why not? I don't have any programs. You're going to have to email them to me. But, um, yeah, let's go around the horn. <laughs> well, listen, you could do like you usually do and just play numbers. Yeah, right. Yeah, listen, play $2 to show on every horse. <laughs> All right. When we come back, we're going to go around the horn. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Hey, I'm Chantel Sutherland Cruz and want to tell you all about BetAmerica.com. It's the coolest place to bet on horse racing on over 200 racetracks from America and around the world. New players receive a 100% bonus on your first deposit, up to $300. That's the best sign-up bonus available today. It's time to play the Bet America way. Here at the stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At the stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standard breads the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations. Racehorse Adoption Program.
Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand-in-hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board, working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook. We're back on post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich alongside of Mike Carter. And uh, it's time to go around the horn, which means to play the Around the Horn famous bumper. Around the horn is the easiest way, the better way, and that is how we will go. Anything more? Are you frightened to go around the horn, Mr. Christian? Are you a coward, too, sir? And Mike Carter, I think we should go where the action is right away to the Red Mile because on Sunday, and I know we're skipping a couple of days, there's good racing action coming up over the weekend on Friday and Saturday, but Mike, on Sunday, it is the third leg of the Trotting Triple Crown, a full field of 12, and uh, Marion Marauder. Mike, who is shooting for this Triple Crown bid, is going to be starting from race 11 in a very talented field of 12 that features Southwind Frank and uh, a form-finding bar hopping. Uh, you're s- and some great other horses. Love Matters, Lagerfeld, uh, Blenheim. I mean, just some great horses. Weightlifter Case, Sutton, Milligan School. What a talented race. And obviously the question is, Mike, is those post-11 help or hurt Marion Marauder on the Lexington surface? Well, it's going to be tough to tell, Mike, you know, and uh, as I'm looking for, I think I might have the wrong uh, program here. Um, well, we don't have a program for Sunday. Sunday. They just drew for Sunday, so Sunday's uh, program didn't come out. And by the way uh, – and listen, and and by the way, we only send Harrington programs. So if you're, if you're looking for anything else other than Harrington, you're out of luck. Hey, hey, they, HAR doesn't mean Harrington. It means harness, apparently. Listen, I got to tell you, you know, listen, I got to tell you, I don't think it means a whole heck of a lot with Marion Marauder. I think Marion Marauder gets a good post to the inside. And, you know, listen, Marion Marauder might start from the second tier. But he's starting with an inside post, and he's inside of Southwind Frank. He's inside of bar hopping. And, the, I mean, that to me smells like, you know, what's wrong? Well, listen, if you keep on, we're not going to be getting any more programs. Just saying. Go ahead. I didn't mean to change your train of thought. What are you talking about? I do. <laughs> what is so funny? <laughs> Nothing. That was the Amtrak back headed towards Washington, D.C. No, go ahead. Go ahead with your analysis. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, it's okay. Listen, Francine, we love and appreciate you, I promise. <laughs> Anyways, um, I got to tell you, you know, listen, Mary Marauder draws inside of both far hopping and um, Southwind Frank. 
yeah, it's from second to second tier, but, you know, unless the horse in front of Marion Marauder stops, I don't foresee him getting shuffled too far back. And, uh, you know, it's just going to be, um, it's going to be an interesting mile. That's for sure. You got to win two heats. I, I got to think that Scott Zeron's just going to play it smart, kind of sit back off the pace and see what happens. And, uh, Marion Marauder trying to become the first horse since 2006, Mike Glidemaster was the last horse to win the triple crown. And, uh, you know, we could see some history on Sunday. Yeah, we certainly could. There's also some great races, Mike, coming up on uh, uh, Friday and Saturday. Uh, Grand Circuit action going on uh, at uh, the Red Mile in Lexington, along with, of course, the sales. But uh, real quick through the – you've got international stallion stakes going on, of course, every division uh, or every age group, uh, well, for two- and three-year-olds and uh, trotters and paces – uh, going on, and and I'm gonna uh, we'll go through these real quick, Mike, because we're running short on time anyway. But the fourth race is the International Stallions. Thanks for two-year-old Philly Trotters, and uh, that is the uh, fourth race on the Friday program. And and uh, by the way, Tim Tetrick is just having an outstanding Grand Circuit meet at, at uh, Lexington. I mean, he is just uh, raking it in. Well. We'll have to uh, certainly get him on the show in the next couple of weeks. But uh, he's got another horse here, a Jimmy Tactor trainee in the fourth race, uh, the start of that $10,000 guaranteed pick four with That's All Money, who has just been outstanding, has never missed the board in eight career starts. The two-year-old Trilly Trotters trying to go back-to-back. I would place finish to Ariana G in the peaceful way a couple of starts back, and, and she has been good. And obviously she meets a field where uh, she should do very, very well against Mike. Yeah, I was torn in this field, Mike. I was looking for a little bit of value because I'm not a big, um, I'm not a big one to nine trotting fan, and you know that. And I gotta think that Halarmbro and Trevioso, Treviso, excuse me, from the outside have got a shot. I went with Halarmbro. Um, I'm not a big Dejarmbro, or excuse me, not what looks like a Dejarmbro by the name, but Halarmbro is a Muscle Hill filly, and she really looked sharp last time out. That's why I went with her in the Hannah Handicapping Contest. I think Alarmbro has got a shot in the fourth race. Fifth race features the two-year-old fillies, Mike, two-year-old filly trotters going to the post again. And this is a very impressive field, and the two favorites draw the outside, Chizatter and Ariana G, both on the outside. Yeah, Ariana G uh, draws the outside, and this was uh, the horse uh, that, uh, you know, beat uh, That's All Money in the Peaceful Way a couple of starts back, and uh, now they draw opposite divisions here. But Ariana J draws the outside as a heavy 3-5 to five favorite, and uh, I think she deserves to be. I mean, obviously the break in the Kentuckiana uh, at 10 cents on the dollar, she's been the dominant horse in this race, and I think the only thing – that is uh, preventing her from uh, hitting the winner's circle is a break here. So we'll have to see if she can mind her manners. If she does, she's gone. If she's not, well, <laughs> she's gone. <laughs> yeah, basically. Race number six, Mike, is the international uh, stallion stakes for two-year-old Philly Trotters once again. And, of course, Overdraft Bolo is the horse that I'm going to be watching here. But, Mike, this is a very, very, very competitive field. Feed your head. Draws post six to the outside for trainer Jimmy Tactor and driver Yannick Jingra. I think that this horse has a shot, but he likes to finish second. That's a little bit of a concern for me. Yeah, Andesu is a very interesting horse here from post four, Mike. This is a horse that brushed very powerfully past in the bluegrass last time. Uh, I know the, the quarter, maybe 30 seconds at the end, might scare off some people. But, uh, you know, this horse, one of the things about Andesu, if you look through the lines, 
three of the last six or seven starts, this horse made a break at three quarters or top of the stretch or in that neighborhood. So you just wonder if uh, Corey Callahan wasn't a little bit careful with Ondesu, and that might be the reason for the 30-second finish. Uh, if she can put it together, I think she – two-year-old filly by muscle massive with a lot of ability and the four to one odds look very very good for four on the sue in that particular race that's my selection mike or my long shot so to speak you know i think i i actually picked on the sue in my in the hannah handicapping contest so i uh have to agree with you a little bit there race seven is the fourth and final division of the international stallion stake for two-year-old filly trotters and fine-tuned lindy draws the rail mike for driver Corey Callahan, John Shane does the conditioning. And, Mike, I think it's going to be very hard to beat fine-tuned Lindy from the inside. Yeah, fine-tuned Lady draws the inside, uh, and she lost the overdraft Volo. So here's uh, a little bit of your connection here. If overdraft Volo, Mike, wins by a bunch or wins solidly, that lends a lot of credence to fine-tuned Lady, who draws the inside. But the Oka Swan stats got ice attraction. Uh, you know, has been able to put uh, a couple of straight wins together. The qualifier was solid, 155-4. and four. You obviously have to watch her. Broadway Idol was a horse I had a chance to see. Was a fourth-place finisher. Two fine-tuned lady. Uh, got shuffled back a little bit. Uh, Harris Philly, a couple of starts back in that Pennsylvania Sire Stakes Championship and closed home quite well. So you might want to keep an eye on her. You got a couple of Ron Burke horses in here. So I don't th- – and that dangles in Deek, who is uh, – been very solid, won the Liberty Bell very, very easily, was in hand uh, back on the 30th, uh, and that was a 159. Don't let that 159 scare you. Uh, very, very terrible conditions that day with the headwinds uh, in that backstretch blowing at the 30, gusting 40 miles an hour off the banks of the Delaware. So, uh, obviously, Dangles and Deke has got a big shot there. That's a very, very nice field, Mike, and I can't wait to see that one, the seventh race. In my opinion, that's the main event, but... Uh, you know, I mean, fine-tuned lady, the two-to-one morning line, but I think it's a lot more than her in that race, Mike. Yeah, definitely. Well, Mike, Saturday afternoon, the International Stallion Stakes for two-year-old Colton Gelding Pacers take center stage, and Mike, it starts in race two, and Man Attack draws the inside. Um, this week, six-to-one on the morning line, odds on Del Rey is one of the horses that looks to uh, be powerful here as well. But, Mike, Ocean Colony has uh, been racing well as of late, 2-1 to one on the morning line. But my concern here is that this horse likes to finish second, and so does odds on Delray. So I'm going to go for a little bit of a value play to the inside here. I think Man Attack's got a shot. You know, I'm going to give a little bit of love to uh, the Michigan connections here. Gene Oldford Farms, Wren Racing, I mean, they're all basically Michigan. Melanie Wren, the trainer. Pete Wren, the driver on number eight, Dancing Rebel. A horse that won on uh, Delaware back on the 22nd at Little Brown Jug, first-time Lasix. I think that could be a key. This horse closed very well at Scioto Downs in Ohio uh, Sire Stakes competition. I think this horse is improving at a very rapid pace. A 55-2 and two qualifier, a big come home the next start, despite having very poor position. And then uh, the start at, uh, on Delaware uh, on the 22nd of September, which was a 23 days later, and a very impressive win with first-time Lysix. I think this horse is an untapped potential Pete Wren, uh, Melanie Wren. I love the Wren connection there. I think there's a big chance for number eight, Dancing Rebel, to upset in that particular event. You heard it here first. 
There you go. Race four is the International Stallion Stake for two-year-old Colt and Gelding Pacers. And, Mike, there's only one horse in here that's got a shot. You've got John Campbell coming off. Now, that's not a bad thing, okay? I don't want to, you know, nothing against John Campbell. But Tim Tietrich gets the drive back on Robin Jay. And, Mike, Tim Tietrich is having a phenomenal meet at the Red Mile. And not only that, when this, when he, he gets along very well with Robin Jay, it's going to be tough to beat this horse. Yeah, you got owner Ken Jacobs and trainer Linda Toscano, and uh, we saw what happened today with a uh, Ken Jacobs, Linda Toscano, Tim Thatcher connection. They just set a world record. So obviously, that is certainly a horse uh, that you have to be careful of. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if this horse is so much of a lock, Mike. I mean, everyone's watching is a very nice horse. Didn't have a very good trip last time in the sloppy track. Winner of the Champlain at Mohawk a couple of starts back. I mean, obviously, this horse needs a little bit of uh, a starting spot because it doesn't look like this horse has a, a terrible amount of gate speed. But uh, I, you've got some other horses in here and uh you know I, you got to play value in this race if robin jay is a little bit too low then you might want to air for value but hey if robin jay goes off six to five seven to five uh you know in that eight to five category then uh, you may consider that value my advice play value in this one like garnett barnsdale yeah. would say my good friend who That's by the right. way it's his birthday today mike it's his birthday so happy birthday, happy birthday garnett. to garnett celebrating his 31st birthday today yeah that's right Mike, race five is a two-year-old Colton Gelding Pacers once again, and Bloodline draws the inside. But I like Normandy Beach, who's coming off a strong second-place effort off the 27-1 final quarter. I think Normandy Beach has a shot to upset this field at 3-1. to one. I, I say that as an upset because i got to think the Bloodline is going to be a short, short price. I don't think he has a chance in the world of beating Bloodline. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, you heard it here first, <laughs> Yeah, and then and that's right. And then when he loses, and when Normandy Beach beats him by five lengths, that uh, hey, it was Mike Bozich talking, and Mike Carter said that he had no chance of beating. No, listen, Bloodline, uh, that was a great effort last time, seven to five in the morning. You know how I am with favorites. I don't like to to uh, point out the favorites, but I thought that effort was just too darn good uh, to deny. And uh, listen, he whooped Normandy Beach last time. I mean, not to say Normandy Beach can't get the job done, but but I am just so impressed with this Bloodline horse right now after that last race in the slop at 52-1. and one. If uh, he brings anything similar to that here today, I think he's got a great chance. But the, you're right, Mike. Two great horses, and, you know, we'll see what happens. Don't underestimate number one me so fast either from the rail. Well, Mike, race number six features the two-year-old Colton Gelding, excuse me, two-year-old Philly Pacers, and Rocket draws the inside. Some men somewhere, excuse me, some, some omen somewhere. somewhere. You did this last yeah. week, Mike. <laughs> some omen somewhere gets post number four, and that's who I'm going with, Mike. I think some omen somewhere's got a big shot against this field. You know, Mike, I hope this horse comes in Northfield and races on a couple of nights when you're announcing. You'll have a lot of fun. <laughs> but... <laughs> By the way, I don't want to interrupt this, but what, from your memory, what has been the toughest horse that you've called so far? I mean, by so, name that you've had to go through so during far, a race. Unfordans Mavi. Who? Unfordans Mavi. It's a burk horse. Unfordans Mavi. How do you spell it? You. That's just it. I don't even know how. Good question. <laughs> Well, I hope that horse don't show up at Aaron's Philly. Um, some moment somewhere, Mike, first time Lasix last time, a good second place finish to uh, Lorena's Ruffian. 
This is kind of a wide open race, Mike. You've got Miss Jones from the outside. Boy, not crazy about that effort last time at all. I mean, you sit inside, then you you lose a, a couple of lengths. Still come up with twenty seven to four and lose five lengths uh, between the the three quarter the the top of the stretch and the finish. Boy, that's something. But uh, I think this is a wide open race, Mike. You're going to want to look for value. I mean, Rockette. I saw this horse last time. Not crazy in the Liberty Bell. Not really crazy about the field. This horse speed, 53-1. and one. Eh, okay. 28-1 close. I mean, the times and the numbers look good, but I, I'm not so sure that the field was all up to par, especially if you're going to have to sell for 4-1 to one morning line. Um, I, I don't know. This is this is a wide-open race. I mean, some sleaze to please could be a little bit of a factor. That horse is coming off of a, a, a tough effort last time at Hoosier Park. But, uh, I mean, who knows? You know, this horse, I mean, Jimmy Tactor, this horse could turn around too. This is really a wide open race, really a very wide open race. So don't be afraid to play some long shots if uh, you're playing multi-race wages. Mr. Carter? Well, Mr. Carter must uh, either have his mute button on or hopefully he didn't fall asleep on the on his ride home. Seventh race is the International Science Thanks for two-year-old Colton Gelding Pacers. Uh, you've got a good field of eight going here. This is a tremendous race. It starts the uh, pick four. Another one of these wide-open races, in my opinion. Huntsville is the favorite. Uh, obviously, a lot of people have been saying some good things about Huntsville. This horse is one three straight. He's won four of seven. He hasn't finished any worse than second. But uh, you know what? When you get these kind of prices, that means you're going to get some uh, low odds. And uh, that's exactly what has happened with Huntsville last time. Mike, you with us? Yeah, I'm here. Well, there you are. Okay, well, we're talking about Huntsville and his 8-5 to five morning line. I think this is a little bit more of a wide-open race than uh, than it's uh, on paper. I mean, I know Huntsville has gotten a lot of hype. He's gotten a lot of credit for his last race, but uh, I don't know. I, I think this is a little bit more open than what it may appear to be. Yeah, I think so. I think RJP's got a big shot uh, from the outside. Fear the Dragon is my pick in the Hannah Handicapping Contest. I think Fear the Dragon has got a big effort coming. Didn't really get the best trip for trainer Brian Brown last week. I think that Fear the Dragon is one to be feared against this field. Well, what do you have to look for, Mike? Is you have to look for how the sloppy track last time affected horses. And, you know, he was in a sloppy track last time. He tried to come off cover. Uh, he lost. And this is just an interesting thing. You know, this horse is four lengths off the top of the stretch, and he finishes 11 and a quarter lengths out. So right away, you automatically think, oh, this horse just tired. He disappeared off the map the final quarter or, uh, you know, the final half quarter. And that's not necessarily the truth. I mean, this horse still clung moment 28. And you're talking about a sloppy track, okay? And this horse just won the elevation two starts back. He's never been worse than third before that. So, you know, I mean, do we really – it just – as a handicapper, you just have to ask yourself, how much emphasis are you going to put on the last race. And I think that is the downfall of a lot of handicappers is they put too much emphasis on the last race. And, uh, you know, I don't think we should do that, especially on young horses. Uh, I think for the dragon, I think, I think you're absolutely right, Mike. I think for the dragon's got a big shot. And I think that's a heads up pick. No, I completely agree. I think, you know, the sloppy track uh, could have very well hindered her uh, in that race. Race eight to two-year-old Philly Pacers. Mike, just three races left to go, and it features 
the great Idyllic Beach. Idyllic Beach is six for nine in her career, has never missed the board over $400,000 made, and she definitely looks like the play in this field. Um, it's going to be tough to uh, pick against her, but World Apart drew to the inside, coming off a uh, strong effort in the bluegrass over sloppy track. Yeah, some nice horses in here, but I think I did like Beach is certainly the nicest. Um, you know, listen, if you're playing the multi-wagers, the pick threes, and uh, all that's uh, – if you're looking to wheel on top and exact to try and – and the uh, super, you're gonna you you want to certainly put Idyllic Beach on top because uh, she's going to win this race. I don't really think there's anything, you, you know. I mean, a value that can take it away from her. I think what you want to look for is value to finish second. Caviar Dally might might supply that. I think uh, you know Lady Juno, who does have some speed, might supply that as well. She raced uh, very well in kindergarten a couple of starts back, and then tired in the slump. So you want to keep an eye on her certainly. Uh, with the fast track, she could be a little bit better. But, uh, yeah, Idyllic Beach is certainly the one. All right. Coming up now is race number nine, Mike, and it's the International Stallion Stake for two-year-old Philly Pacers. Gal- Gaelic Seed draws the inside. This is a wide-open field. Roaring to go looks like a horse that is going to be a uh, horse to be reckoned with. But the four-planet rock uh, did not – I don't know exactly what happened there uh, with planet rock, I think, in the New York Sire Stakes final. That's kind of a little bit of a discouraging uh, – discouraging line at Yonkers coming home in 30 and four fifth seconds. I thought that uh, roaring to go looked very good in that race though. Uh, finishing first was disqualified place second for going inside the pylons. I think roaring to go is the horse to beat coming off a strong effort in the bluegrass in 150 and four. I think a wash has a real big shot in here from post six. Scott Zeron closed very well with this horse in the Champlain. Nearly missed 153 and two. That was three starts back. And last start was going away 27 to one win in the slop. Now, we talked about how the slop could potentially affect. Uh, you know, the horse's uh, next race going back into a fast track. It doesn't matter. I think six a wash has a huge opportunity in here. Uh, and I think this horse has got a big shot for uh, driver Scott Zeron, who I think gets along very, very well with this horse. Nine to two, a big time value. By the way, roaring to go, beat Idealink Beach last time uh, and uh, was used in the first quarter, dueled to the half. Sat a little bit, drafted, was able to get by on a 26-and-two quarter. Can this horse back it up? If she can, she's going to be tough. But I really like a wash here. I think she takes a step up. I think she is got just a, a huge opportunity to win here. And if you get 9-to-2, oh, take 9-to-2. There you go. Race number 10, Mike, is the final uh, international stallion stake for two-year-old Colt in Gelding Pacers. And down by the seaside, Mike, looks like the horse world record holder has put in a ton of strong efforts. I think this is going to be one of Brian Brown's best horses that he's going to have. If down by the seaside can stay stay healthy, I think down by the seaside could be your next uh, Pepsi North American Cup or Meadowlands Pace champion. Yeah, certainly can, and you're going to want to watch the effort of Huntsville because if Huntsville performs well earlier in the card, you want to uh, certainly, you know, key on Down by the Seaside. By the way, Down by the Seaside was an old Led Zeppelin song. Now, this is way before your time, Mike, you know, because I am considerably <laughs> older than you. You know, considerably, like by 50 years or more older than you, Mr. Carter. Right. But uh, Down by the Seaside is an old Led Zeppelin song, and uh, you don't want me to sing it, do you? No, that's that's Okay. I'll wait till we get off the air. <laughs> All right, sounds good. 
<laughs> All right. But so that was uh, that's the action coming up. Uh, we went around the horn. We actually played the bumper. We made it uh, official. And, uh, you know, we're, there's some great racing action coming up. Well, Mike, we've got a big week coming up. Next Thursday, of course, we'll be on the air. We'll both be live from the headquarters out in Maryland. By the way, we decided, is that going to be the official uh, post time with Mike and Mike headquarters out in Maryland? Because every time we send it to the USDA, they always put, like, out in Maryland as, like, the, the headquarters. Yeah, I guess so. So, that you know, that works out. All right. Well, it's better than – what is it, Slow Ohio? Stowe, Ohio. Stowe, Stowe. I could say what Stowe, Billy okay. wanted to say right now. We would be in a lot of trouble. The FCC might come get us. Anyway, Stowe, yeah, yeah, but it's going to be a big week next week. We've got the International Trot. The $1 million International Trot will be live on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. We'll come on about 2.45. We're going to cover all five races, the International Trot, the three races going to Europe, and, of course, the $250,000 Invitational Pace. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, I can't wait for it, Mike. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. By the way, before we let you go, there's there is two really quick things, and I know we're running very very short on time. But uh, betting line, um, Casey Coleman made a Facebook post earlier today. I don't know how many listeners out there are friends of Casey Coleman on Facebook, but October fifteenth uh, is going to be the next time betting line is going to be in action in the Super Finals at Mohawk, and then Mike Carter, uh, she is heading. Uh, or she has stated that Bang Line is going to the Breeders' Crown, which is fantastic because we will be there as well. Uh, Mike Carter and I will be in action at the Breeders' Crown, and then you can hear all the action at Post Time with Mike and Mike. But stay tuned to our website, follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and uh, we'll see Betting Line in action at the uh, Breeders' Crown, Mike. That's going to be exciting. Yes, definitely it is. Well, Mike, it's been a fantastic show. I actually listened to most of it on the way home, and I was glad to be able to join you uh, at least halfway through it. I appreciate you covering my behind while I was working, and (laughs) it's been a lot of fun. But we'll see everybody back here next Thursday with the first post of 7 p.m.